Neither one prepared, both a little scared. Hello and welcome, you're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod, or send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. Chris, we are back with the second part of the best Disney love song bracket. Uh, we had quite a few upsets last time. Not a whole lot of deciding votes from our guest host, but our guest host is back to get back at it. It is your sister, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, how are you doing? I'm doing so good. I'm so happy to be back, you guys. <laughs> so there were quite a few uh, upsets. We got some low seeds that made it into the Elite Eight, including the number 16, the number 13, the number 15. Uh, have you been able to reflect on the decisions that we made? And, and do you have any sort of thoughts about where we ended up? Uh, yeah, actually, I have had some time to think about uh, our conversation last week. Um, I think we did really good with um, keeping the integrity of the love song. Um, and I, you know, I, as I spent more time listening to the upset songs, I actually, especially Lavender's Blue, <laughs> uh, I actually started to really like it. Um, so I, I know, I know, it's kind of crazy. Um, so I'm excited to talk a little bit more about that one today. And yeah, I'm ready to dive in. Big Burl. All right. Well, before we dive in, we have to take the necessary precautions and we need to make sure that everyone has a spoonful of sugar safely in hand. Kyle, what have you got to get us through this one? This is uh, another just concoction that I threw together, which might prove to be a little bit dangerous. Uh, this is two ounces of rum, an ounce of Midori, an ounce of dry orange carousel, and... Uh, about half a half of like a, a mai tai glass full of pineapple juice, um, and it's. I would highly recommend using lime in this. It's a very sweet drink. Now that I've been sipping on it for a little bit, so I'm not a huge fan. But I think if lime was added to it, it'd be a little bit better. I'm kind of calling this one. Uh, can you feel the rum tonight? Hey, hey, hey. I bet you can. I yes, bet I can. You can. Yes, I can. Chris, what are you drinking? Well, this one isn't so much a good drink as it has a great story behind it so i am back home at my parents house casa b socks and i was like i'm gonna have to concoct this spoonful of sugar with whatever my parents have in their liquor cabinet so i go up to open it and i'm expecting like vermouth southern comfort sure. gin and i open it up and i find the fire of hades Oh, no. A fifth of fireball. Oh, so no. I was like, why do my parents have fireball? And I looked a little bit closer and my name is on this fifth of fireball. This is my mom's <laughs> handwriting. Apparently I left this fireball in this house six years ago when I moved out. Oh my god. And gosh. she has kept it. With my name on it, waiting for this very moment. Exactly. This moment right here. So that this fireball can get me through 
best Disney love songs part two. So I'm just happy to have my own drink in this house. Hold on. You're, are you just going to be sipping on this fifth of fireball the entire time? That's your game plan? I, I got the fire of Hades inside of me. My All belly right. is just going to be burning. <laughs> okay. There's no mixer. It's nope. just straight fireball. Not for fire. You don't need mixer for fireball. Mm-mm. But that's why that's why it is what it is. All right. All right. Elizabeth. Um, so I'm opting for the non-alcoholic beverage today. The classic, though there is a better version, had to go with the classic DC. Uh. Wishing it was DCWP diet cherry wild pepsi <laughs> but um i ran this one's actually it's like a it's like a beer can diet coke it's like a big big boy uh mm-hmm. so i went i went downstairs to the market right across the street from my boyfriend's apartment uh and and this is what i got for us today and i don't have a formal name for it but so, here we go that's all right it's something it's something for sure before we talk about our remaining eight Love songs. Let's go ahead and remind everyone who our surveyed demographic was for this bracket. It was couples at Walt Disney World wearing couples COVID masks. The I've been thinking about the Ellie and Carl mask since you brought it up last week. Like I've just been every single day I have it blip into my mind like somebody out there is wearing a Carl and Ellie mask with their significant other, and that's not right. Well, I have good news for y'all. I have two new discoveries. Terrible, terrible couples COVID masks. The first one, a Woody and Jesse mask, and Woody and Jesse aren't a couple. No. Like, what? I don't don't get it. Like, okay, Woody and Bo Peep, maybe? that Jesse and Buzz, maybe. The other one, so, 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 so bad. It is a Nightmare Before Christmas couple's mask. Jack and Sally. <laughs> the, the Sally one says, his doll. Oh. And I was like, not great, not great. Then I saw the Jack one says, her bone daddy. No, it does not. Bone no. daddy. No, it doesn't. Nice work, bone daddy. Yep, it's <laughs> it's a quote from the movie, but um, yeah. Still, still. Oh, what are you doing? What are you doing, Disney? Oh, absolutely not. Well, luckily we didn't get to those folks when surveying this. <laughs> this bracket here because i think we'd have a whole different elite eight but let's go ahead and introduce who we're going to be talking about this episode to find our best disney love song first matchup is the number 16 that's how you know from enchanted verse the number eight i won't say i'm in love from hercules other matchup is number 13 lost in the woods from frozen 2 verse number 12 mabel evangeline from princess and the frog Across the bracket, we have number 15, Lavender Blue from So Dear to My Heart slash Cinderella, the 2015, 16, 17, whenever they made it. Verse, the number 10, Bella Note from Lady and the Tramp. The animated version, but I believe it's also in the new one on Disney+. Plus. And to round out our Elite 8, it is the number 3, Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Verse, number 6, 
I see the light. Can you feel the love tonight from Lion King? I see the light from Tangled. Chris, we have a lot to work to do. So let's get into it. I will let you start off. Oh, I would love to start us off because I left a lot on the cutting room floor last week in regards to I won't say I'm in love. There was a lot I wanted to say, and I will say it right now. Kyle, you offered something really insightful last week, and that was saying that in addition to this being a a love song, it's also an exploration of what's happening inside of Meg's head. Correct. She's uh, feeling torn, doesn't really know what to do because she has her own things going on inside of her. And that type of insight is the opposite of what we get in more classical Disney movies. When you look at the Snow Whites and the Cinderella's and the Sleeping Beauties, the love story is much more straightforward and it's it's classical. Mm -hmm. And so having Hercules set in ancient Greece, that's as classic as it gets right there. Ancient Greece is the birthplace of storytelling as we know it. And so... Kyle, you love the muses in this song uh, just because they offer this kind of stylistic way of, of singing the songs. It, it's a reference to like the... Um, like doo-wop. Yeah, the doo-wop groups, the girl groups. And I like that they're there because they represent the voice of myth. And they've come to life off this ancient vase that's telling that classical mythological narrative that, uh, you know, for so long society held as truth. And so they're kind of the voice being like, like, yes, you're in love. Like you're following the story. And and Meg's kind of trying to resist the story. And so I, I, I think it's really interesting how in addition to commenting on what's happening between Meg and Hercules. They're also kind of like commenting on the way storytelling has gone up to this point. Yeah. It's a weird insight into meta narratives, (laughs) but that's not to say that that's how, you know, doesn't also do that. That's the thing that's really interesting to me about that song is that I think I said it last week. It's, it's, um, the moment where the fish out of water starts rubbing off on the world that they've come into. Mm-hmm. So much of these fish out of water movies that we saw when we were talking about the decom brackets, it's about the new world rubbing off on the fish that's out of water. And then this is the moment where, you know, the fish impacts the new world and then it, it all kind of meets in the middle. The thing that I kind of don't like about I won't say I'm in love is that ultimately the hero does get the girl in the end. Mm-hmm. And, it, and and this song, Won't Say I'm In Love, is about kind of resisting the classical narrative structure. But at the end of the day, it still falls into the classical narrative structure. And that's how you know, yes, it does that too. But that song is offering kind of the opposite. It's approaching this guy who is resisting the classical narrative structure. And Giselle is saying... You can take some of those things too. Some of those things are good too. Uh, so it, it's kind of approaching the love story from a, from a different angle. I want to talk about the old guys in the park because, uh, you know, this is a fun sequence to, to, yeah. to see all of the characters in Central Park. I think the old guys are my favorite. Totally. Uh, she, she walks up some benches by the band shell and 
there are all these old guys sitting on the bench and they all have flowers in their hands and they all kind of like wobbly stand up and you think they're going to like go and like offer the flowers to like the old ladies across the row and then they, they just throw down and they do this <laughs> little like jig <laughs> just like oh <laughs> break it down i'm pretty sure if i attempted that right now i would fall on my face and these <laughs> dudes that they like made us think that they were gonna like be really frail and then they just like boom love that part right all in all these are two really really fun songs that are have incredible replay value. They mm -hmm. both, I think, say really important things about the love experience, both as individuals and like speaking on the feeling, like th from a theoretical point of view. Sure. Um, so this is a really hard one. So uh, I don't know. I, I think I have to go with my gut for this one. And just, just the one that has more replay value for me is I won't say I'm in love. Uh, it just does. I, I really want to find a way to advance. That's how you know, because I do think it's a really underrated song, and it is really high quality. But uh, Won't Say I'm In Love is really fun to listen to, so I think I'm going to advance that one. All right, yeah. I I think that as you were working through there, I was trying to find a way for that's how you know to be I Won't Say I'm In Love, and I, I don't think that it's there. I think that it plays too much of a part of talking about one specific instance, which is showing love in this act of, you know, caring as far as like doing the little things um, instead of, you know, focusing kind of more on the, the relationship as an emotional bubble. It's more like, uh, do you leave her notes? Do you do, do you buy her things? Do you, you know, and I think that that's definitely a part and I praised it in the first episode for being a part of a relationship and, you know, exploring a, a love language that definitely people subscribe to and, and, you know, find worth out of. Um, I think that I want Sam and love is the better love song here and i think it's only because it's sung from the person in love um i think that that's how you know is you know the convincing of love and the explanation of how relationships should be uh, and i think that every relationship is different and so i think here chris you're right we're gonna move on uh, i won't say i'm in love but i think this enchanted song is severely underrated just in the scope of best disney song like uh, i don't think we even maybe it made our 32 um but it definitely didn't make it far this is a great song so elizabeth uh do you concur or are you uh thinking enchanted should move on well you know i revisited that's how you know and i kind of had a bad uh first run in with it last week and i was like being super like rude to Amy Adams and her voice <laughs> and everything and like how she started it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to re-listen to it and like see how I feel. And I actually did really enjoy watching just the like absurdness of uh -huh. all of the people in the park coming together. And then Chris, when you mentioned that like lady dressed up as the candle and she just like bows, to, she just like comes down and is like in their face talking about like, and Amy and Giselle singing about like a fire, like sitting by a fire, and this like candle lady just appears. <laughs> I thought that was amazing, and I think that people, I think the people making this like knew how like crazy this was. Um, and also when um, the prince like 
hops out and is like, I've been drinking. And then, like, the <laughs> just, like, smash his <laughs> and then just, just done. Um, really comical, like, value. and But also is a good message. I do understand what you're saying, Kyle. Like, the, the it's more, like, materialistic. Like, how are you going to, like, show her without really telling her? But, like, I think I won't say I'm in love is way more personal and um, really, like, it's actually more useful in like the plot of Hercules moving it along versus this, like, it feels like maybe that's how, you know, is like a, it's like the comic relief of like, or or whatever, just kind of like a a moment in the movie um, with this huge like dance number. And it's just kind of like, like crazy. Um, So I totally agree with what you guys are saying. And I stand with you on moving on uh, Megara. Chris, uh, fun fact about uh, that's how you know. Um, one of your elderly boys is a chimney sweep from the original Mary Poppins. No way. Yep. No way. Just, just one of them. Just one of them. Which is like when I watched it, I was like, okay, like this is for sure one at least one or not if not all like chimney sweeps. Like they're doing a callback. This is such a reference, and turns out just one. But I think that's awesome. That's. Love me a good callback. All right, uh, let's go ahead and talk about the next matchup. That is number 13, Lost in the Woods, versus number 12, Mabel Evangeline. Guys, I'm moving Lost in the Woods on past Raymond here. There's just no way that Raymond is beating Christophe. This is such a great look into, like, I as I said last episode, like, it's okay to be a sad boy. It's okay to, like, have feelings of loss and regret and, you know, Obviously, that's not the actual situation. Like, Anna isn't actually purposely leaving Kristoff or leaving him behind or, you know, ignoring him. She just has other things that are going on and he needs to take the back seat for a little bit. And he's struggling with that. And at the end of the song, he realizes, no, I need to take the back seat and I need to just be there and support her. Like, this is not about me. This is bigger than me. I need to be a good partner. And he comes to that realization hops on Sven, the other eight Svens appear around him and they start charging towards wherever Anna is. I think that's great. I, Mabel Evangeline, I kind of, you know, I put it down for being too simple last episode and you opened up a, a new world of kind of appreciation for that song. Uh, and even its composition is beautiful. The trumpet in it, it fits so well into not only the moment, but the theme of, you know, the entire movie itself. Uh, you did bring up it has weird frog dance and I couldn't get that phrase out of my head since we've last talked. So thank you for that. Um, but here weird it's frog kissing, weird frog kissing, weird frog dancing. Uh, can't get it out of my head. So I'm uh, moving lost in the woods on past my bell Evangeline. Here's a discussion I think we can have. Can't the wait. style of these songs is so different and it's not necessarily a bad thing but they're just so so different like lost in the woods is this like 80s hair power ballad Mm -hmm. and it's just like dripping with emotion and it's just like it feels like the bitmoji where the person's heart is like out of their chest (laughs) and they're like they have like a dead look in their eyes and they're like it's like dripping blood yeah Um, Yeah, (laughs) so like in a lot of ways that 
lost in the woods like nails like nails the love emotion like very very well um but my bella evangeline it just feels like a disney love song and and there's this simplicity to it that makes it feel authentically disney to me yeah i get it and i i i voted against my bella evangeline last time because i liked the stuff that Love's an open door was saying, I kind of just wanted to defend it, honestly, because you guys were trashing it. I was like, please back off. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mabel Evangeline <laughs> is is a beautiful waltz. It says yeah. something really simple about not love as a whole, but a very specific experience that one can feel while they're in love. Sure. Um, yeah. So it's definitely, I think, though, at the same time, like, those are there's two different love emotions that are being spoken about in these two songs that are both just as heartfelt i think like raymond's whole thing is his longing for this love and you know kind of mesmerized by her beauty and how great she is and uh why is she with me like i can't believe it i'm just so you know honored and Kristoff is really battling with like, what's wrong with me? Why am I not good enough? And then he realizes that not everything is always about you in a relationship, specifically guys, right? Like it's not always about you. There, it, independently, everyone has something to deal with. But I do see where you're saying, Chris, that it doesn't, it might not feel authentically like, Disney and Mabel Evangeline might lean further towards that. But I think that in the spirit of like love songs, we might be trending away from this kind of longing love ballad and into, you know, a more deep dive into feelings. But that's the discussion that I'll add. You're right. I mean, you're completely right. And, you know, that was kind of one of the reasons not to go back to the last round, but those are one of the things I liked about that's how you know is because it kind of does both. Sure. Love can be a very complex feeling, but love could also be a very simple feeling. I really appreciate the simplistic way that Mabel Evangeline presents the feeling of being in love. And it's the type of song that makes me want to get up and dance with the person that I love. Sure. Much more than Lost in the Woods. Lost (laughs) in the Woods, I want to like put my headphones on and like scream it into a pillow. But... (laughs) You know, Babel Evangeline is this like beautiful waltz and it's enchanting. It is absolutely enchanting. And I think that's an important word to think about when we're thinking about Disney love songs. So going with Mabel Evangeline. So Elizabeth, you're going to be breaking the tie here. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, it's, it's Jonathan Groff for me, you guys. It's, it's just the way that he, he portrays Kristoff through his, his gorgeous, silky voice. But on the more serious side, <laughs> Lost in the Woods is, you look at it as like a, a desperation and like a, a longing kind of ballad. And I it resonates more with me um, because the hardest part through like loving someone, I feel like is the darkness, is like still loving someone throughout like the... the um, what am I trying to say here? Loving someone through the dark times instead of just loving them, admiring them, you know, the star 
that we got going on. Um, so I like I like the kind of difference in what Kristoff is saying and the message that he is conveying to the audience um, and and how though he's apart from Anna and though he's searching for her, he still has this this longing and love for her. And I mean, the graphics are amazing. Having 18 Jonathan Groffs all at once is just like overwhelming, but so magical. And so I'm gonna, I'm sorry, brother, but Lost in the Woods has got to go. Move on. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not mad. It's a great song. I'm not mad. I- I'm okay if we don't have to talk about frogs dancing in the <laughs> moonlight anymore. I'm okay. Um, all right, guys. Let's go ahead and move on over to the other side of the bracket where we've got our next lead eight matchup. It's the number 15 seed Lavender Blue versus number 10 Bella Note. Bella Note, we advanced pretty easily over Kiss the Girl last week. Kiss the Girl has some very, very sketchy messaging when you take the song out of context. So that's a pretty easy W for Bella Note. But, um, you know, we got to give that song a little bit of credit. I, it, like Mabel Evangeline, Bella Note is a very, um, it's a very uh, romantic sounding song. Mm-hmm. It's it's got this very European uh, vibe to it that's that's completely different, but it's a stereotypical version of romance, right? Underneath the stars in a, a foreign city. I want to say the best part about this song is it, it's atmospheric. It sets the mood for romance. And if you look at the lyrics to the song, that's really what it's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about the beautiful stars and, and how nice the night is. And I really like that about this song. It kind of leaves the romantic messaging up to you. You, you can kind of do whatever you want with this song. And I really like that about it. You know, it yeah. doesn't have to make us think too hard about it. It's just love is what you make it. And, and Bella Note lets us do that. Lavender Blue so quaint if you want a simple love song here it is yeah it's it's, i'll be your king you'll be my queen you'll wear a dress and that's it that's the song (laughs) um it's been decided yeah so part of me likes lavender blue here because it has that enchanted quality to it it has a fairy tale feeling to it uh, this this dream dreaminess where you're singing about what you want to happen, maybe not necessarily what is actually happening, but what you want to happen. And, and that feeling of longingness is another feeling that is really important to uh, love, mm-hmm. uh, at least especially in the early stages. Thinking about what the future might hold in store for someone, whether that's someone that you've known for a really long time, or maybe someone that you've just met. I think Lavender Blue could be applied to either one of those situations. I think Lavender Blue is also a song that maybe might not be about the romantic type of love that we think about when we think about a lot of these songs. Uh, In Cinderella 2015, they put it into the context of a mother singing it to a daughter. Uh, And that makes this song very sweet and very gentle. Here's the thing that I don't like about Bella Note is the 
Italian guy that sings it. <laughs> what? Why? I just don't think that that is a very like <laughs> romantic sounding voice. Hey, they are Tonys, bro. They are Tonys. Tony. Uh, no, I don't want Tony singing the soundtrack to me being in love. I just don't. Burl Ives, on the other hand, I could I could get behind Burl singing 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 my, my love experiences. Okay. Okay. And then he can sing me Rudolph afterwards. Um, <laughs> Quite the love playlist. I mean, like I said last matchup, I, I really like the simplicity. I like the feelings of enchantment. I think Disney love songs are different than normal love songs because Disney has this like fake quality to it that I'm, I'm buying. I mean, I know that it's kind of going the other direction lately, mm-hmm. but um, I think part of us enjoying Disney relies on us suspending the feeling of reality. It's us falling into this dream world. And I think that Bella Note definitely does that, but I think Lavender Blue does it a little bit better. So, uh, you know, I, I could just picture Lavender Blue just playing in the background while I'm in the woods with the person I love. And Bella Note, sure, maybe in a city somewhere where you're walking past like some sewer runoff or something like that, maybe. Oh, but, come on. Uh, Lavender blue is just pure, uh, and I'm going with it here. Wow, yeah, I like the I like the pure play here. I have a question for both of you. Do you think that Bella Note, this is this is the night. It's a beautiful night, and they call it beautiful night. Stars are aligned. There's stars in their eyes. Do the dogs consummate their relationship here? <laughs> You were frozen for like a minute and then it came back in with do the dogs consummate the relationship? Yeah, do they? It's a beautiful night. This is the night. The stars are aligned. There's stars in their eyes. The chorus comes in. We see them on the hill. They leave. And then what? A scene later, there's puppies. Or at the end of the movie, there's puppies. Is this the moment? Is this the beautiful night for them to consummate their relationship? I want to say no. Okay. Elizabeth, your thoughts? <laughs> I thought I was clear. I, I, want, I want to believe, I want to believe no, but okay. you never can trust those dogs in heat. You never know. You never know. I think I, you know, I don't know that I'm completely convinced, but I wouldn't be surprised. Definitely wouldn't be surprised. Um... Chris, that is, yeah, it's a valid question. They have puppies at the end, and we're singing about how beautiful and perfect this night is. Perfect for what? So was this the night? Yeah, this is the night. Romantic. Tony, Tony, bag of donuts is is out there singing. We had we had our spaghetti. We shared a a noodle. We tossed a a meatball (laughs) around. We walked up a hill, and it's time. It's time. Let's have some puppies. (laughs) <laughs> um it's it's oh man chris i i do like your pure argument with lavender blue but like i i just think that as far as love songs go i don't know in this matchup it feels in in context of the movie feels weird to me lavender blue like convincing fair, to very go fair. you know you know what i'm saying <laughs> like when i watched it it kind of slightly ruined the song for me because i was really hoping it was like this 
you know, love wooing song that he's singing to his lover and like, listen, I'll pro- I promise you everything. Like, if I'm the king, you're my queen. Like, we're gonna we're gonna be successful together. But it wasn't. It was like to his like mom. So that was weird. Um, but we can also we should be taking some of these out of context as well. And that's kind of what kiss the girl fell to is taken out of context so out of context it's great i think it's very simple you're you're a big like simple love song tell me about it kind of guy and i appreciate that because i think that's what's effective with songs and i think here that's what bella note is as well it literally like if we're talking simplicity there literally the first three lines of the song are talking about the night and how beautiful the night is and then it just repeats it in italian it's a beautiful night. Um, it's, you know, how the, I, I kind of like the romanticism of the stars aligning and this is all meant to be here in this, in this part, especially in the context of the movie where it's kind of like the, um, the two sides of the tracks meeting and falling in love, right? It's, it's the, the idea that you can find love anywhere. Um, I think that I'm, I, I don't know that I'm super into the kind of the wooing songs uh, and specifically in this matchup where it's like, let me promise you all of these things and this promise will get you to love me or continue to love me. I, I, I don't know if I completely buy into that. Um, and I just think that Bella Note is just such a, romantic love song despite it being sung by tony and it's not even sung by tony the entire time because the disney chorus comes in and makes it this like you know more full experience love is in the air type moment so for me chris i'm going bella note which means we have ourselves a tiebreaker guys keep doing this <laughs> we told okay. you you got off easy last time and we told you this was gonna be I tough know, i know so now now it's time now i have to step up to the plate here okay <sighs> again when i went back and listened to these songs <sighs> i might have actually listened to like Bella Note and then lavender's blue mm-hmm. and i just remember being so much more involved in Lavender's Blue because uh, the person, Mr. Tony here is just like (laughs) a bystander, right? I need you guys to get off my boy Tony's back. He's like, (laughs) get off Tony's back. I will fight for this. (laughs) I'm going to fight. I I got hands up right now. Okay. (laughs) Like let the poor people let the poor dogs eat their meal. Let them enjoy the beautiful night. I agree. His, his voice is a little aggro. It's a little, little intense. The timbre is is horrifying. Um, but he means well. He does mean well. He really does. It's like those people that sing for you at the restaurant on your birthday. And you're like, <laughs> you know, Tony Jesus does Christ. that. <laughs> you know, Tony Stop does that. that. You know, he's actually, he's, that's his side gig. He's actually, that's his side hustle. Um, but, but Lavender's Blue just seems so, like, like, kind of nostalgic in a way. Um, the, the tune itself and the lyrics especially, like, 
it's very dreamlike. Um, and I, you know, I got to... I gotta move forward, uh, dilly dilly. Dilly dilly! Big Burl to the final four. Let's go! All right. All right. Big Burl. <laughs> Big Burl. All right. I'll, I'll hold the L on that one. Let's talk a little bit about the last Elite Eight matchup. It's Can You Feel the Love tonight? Number three versus number six. I see the light. Chris, why do we do this to ourselves? Good luck. Good luck with this one, man. I'm glad you're starting this one because sorry yeah so i didn't talk about can you feel the love tonight last time because it it won in a pretty easy win um so i don't yeah i don't think i even dove into some of the specifics here but this is a fascinating song this is a john elton john and tim rice collab this is i mean let's let's hit it for what it is in this episode it's iconic chris um it won the golden globe 1994 for best original song won the 1995 oscar for best original song which is like kind of surprising because like you have circle of life you have i mean akuna matata and you can say well ah, akuna matata but like under the sea won for little mermaid so like what's really viewed as like best original song and how serious does it need to be i really like that can you feel the love tonight one because i think this is just such a a solid song overall elton john's version so like in the movie it's not sung by elton john but he composed it but then he went ahead and released all these versions of the lion king songs where he's singing all of it so like can you feel the love tonight tonight circle of life like there's elton john versions where he's also adding in other verses that like didn't make sense to the movie which i think is fine um but his version of can you feel the love tonight won the 1995 grammy for the best male pop vocal performance so i mean go ahead elton whatever um pop off elton pop off all right so uh the movie version the song is sung by Crystal Edwards, who is the Nala singing voice, and then Joseph Williams, who is the male singing voice. And Chris, I found out that Joseph Williams was also the front man for the band Toto from 1986 to 1988. Wow. He felt the rains down in Africa. Why, well, he sure did. Uh, and joseph also sung on akuna matata so when you leave uh jtt and you get to uh grown simba he's grown simba singing voice in that song yo i haven't listened to like this song out of context in a very long time and for whatever reason this song gave me some chills guys this is a really good song i think that uh of all the songs that they adapted for the live action version uh this is my favorite I love the Gambino Beyonce version of this song. Um, I think it's just as great. I think that uh, it's, you know, I talked about in the best Disney song, how much your boy loves a key change. There's a fantastic key change in this one. It is incredible. I I love it. I love it. Um, I also like, I think I praise this as well in the best song, how uh, kind of the background of, Elton and, and Tim developing the soundtrack for this movie was really 
taking in the African influence and including a, a an artist who at the time wasn't well known. He kind of fallen off the map and ended up being a valet at a, a high rise somewhere or at a hotel. And, and they brought him back in to kind of advise on the soundtrack. And you can like, even in this love song written by Elton John, Tim Rice, they still find a way to incorporate like the African influence of chanting and, and the drums. And so it's not, you're not being removed completely out of the atmosphere, which has been this kind of hero's journey um, into a complete love song, which I don't think that this even hurts the movie at all. I think that uh, it, it fits very well in, but they don't leave where they're supposed to be going. And I really appreciate that. This is a pivotal point in the movie if you're listening to it in context. This is Simba remembering who he is and what he stands for. And we talked about like songs on this bracket not only being about love and the relationship side. It's the Tarzan um, song with the, the mother and the son and it's like a lullaby. And, and here, Chris, I think that as much as it is kind of this like, you know, Simba is seeing nala and is like oh like nala baddie bro like i i i love me i love nala it's not even that though i think he remembers <laughs> i think he remembers the the love that he has for like his family and his pride and i think it's just within the context of this like he he sees nala for the first time and he's then transported back to being like yo like actually i I love my family. I love the pride lands. I love the pride and I, and I should go back and help them because I do love them and I want them to thrive. And if scars out there messing it up and there's no food or anything anymore, like I need to go back and do my duty. Uh, the, the, uh, the idea that like, can you feel the love tonight is a feeling of peace and harmony. I really like because I think that in, especially in relationships and Elizabeth, you dove in and talked about like there, there can be some dark times in the relationships. I think that if you take a step back and, you know, realize what you have and like what you really enjoy, a lot of what love is, is peace and harmony. It is feeling, you know, comfortable and where you're supposed to be when you are truly in love. And I, I just really appreciate the line in the song that talks about uh, peace and harmony. I like that this song is advancing the plot. It's not just a love song to like throw in a, a romance because even so, like we don't spend a whole lot of time in like a love development with Simba and Nala, right? Like they were best friends when they were young. They kind of rekindled something in this moment. And then like Simba goes and Nala goes and like gets the deed done with like, defeating scar and it's not we're not sitting there like you know simba's trying to navigate like his feelings of love and like is this you know they they just know they just know and at the end of everything you see that they did know because they have whatever that kid's name is in in the second movie and in the lion's guard or whatever i really like the song guys this is just such a solid song uh, across the bracket from it I See the Light is also one that Chris and I both raved about in the best Disney song bracket. And it's like, this is, 
this is another one I brought up last episode that just also gave me chills. Like I got emotional for no reason hearing the piano chords come in. Why? I don't know. I don't have emotional attachment to this song other than it's goddamn beautiful. Um, it's it's funny that we're talking about best Disney song and somebody like Mandy Moore is in the discussion for it. I don't know why. Why is that weird? Why is that I don't weird? Know. What do you got against I, Mandy Moore? I don't have anything against Mandy Moore. I just, I'm surprised that she's in the discussion for best Disney song when you have like, I don't know, other people associated with Disney who also had music careers that also sang and like none of them, like, I don't know. If Trash in the Camp was a love song, are we talking about Justin Timberlake the same way? Guess so. <laughs> Guess we are. We should do like a cover version. Best cover Disney song and Trash in the Camp will win for NSYNC. What do you got against Hillary Duff's Tiki Room, man? Oh, you just unlocked a memory. <laughs> you just unlocked. Achievement unlocked. Yes, you just unlocked something that I forgot I had. Wow, I'm going to listen to that after this. Yeah, I see the light. I talked about it and raved about it last episode, um, so I hope you had listened to that already, but I just really like how it's two different people realizing what love can do to better themselves. And it's not necessarily that love fixes everything or that these two were meant to be. It's that this person showed me a way of life that I didn't imagine would even be possible and that I actually really love. And not only that, but I love to experience it with them. Flynn loves to slow down and smell the flowers with Rapunzel and Rapunzel loves to explore the world with Flynn. And I think that coming together is not compromising because they they found out something new about each other, but they found out how each other makes them better and it's not this like as much as i love the kind of stars align love song which is just over romantic and i i think those are still valid love songs the fact that you dive into that concept of it's not meant to be it was it was meant to be like it was made to be because we both jive and we both get along and have made each other better and for the better, and for the better of their relationship. So it's it's difficult because Can You Feel the Love Tonight is one of those ethereal-like songs where it's it's kind of like Bella Note, right? It's, it's can you feel the stars align and this is all meant to be. Love is peace and harmony. It's great when you find the one, you'll know, and life will be much better. And the other side is when you find the one that makes you better, you'll know. I like that message. I'm moving. I see the light on. Woo. I think, Kyle, I think you articulated it really well just now when you said that this is about two characters realizing things about themselves. And I think that that is a testament to how good the song is, but also how good the movie Tangled is written. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's so easy when you're writing a movie to just have a main character and then a love interest is not really a character. They're just there to advance the plot of the hero. And uh, honestly, you kind of get that with Simba and Nala. Yeah, sure. Nala's relationship with Simba is 
something that only exists to get Simba back to Pride Rock. And the feminist reading of this film would be that Nala merely exists as a plot device to the male character. Mm-hmm. So not great. Mm. But on the other hand, you can blame that on William Shakespeare because Nala is just Ophelia and Simba is <laughs> So this is borrowing from a text that was written a long, long, long time ago. Uh, sure. They just didn't go through the effort of changing any of the stuff to make it better. Um, the themes that you <laughs> talked about in here, absolutely, absolutely accurate. Um, you know, loving someone through difficult times, that's in here. Uh, and, and I think... Can You Feel the Love Tonight is kind of an expansion on Circle of Life. Circle of Life is so much about uh, the world being in harmony. And mm-hmm. that's that's Can You Feel the Love Tonight too. Uh, sure. The peace the evening brings the world for once in perfect harmony with all its living things. And so I think it's really interesting because in this song, I think they're not offering that the world being in harmony creates the mood for love, which is kind of what it feels like. Maybe if you watch it or listen to it the first time and there's this atmosphere and everything's just right. And and it's the perfect conditions for falling in love. And you just have to see Nala's face when she looks at Simba after they do that somersault in the grass together, those eyes, they squint and she's like, Hey, talk about, let me pose the question. Is this the moment the lions consummate okay. their relationship? Okay. okay. Kyle. Is this the moment? Because the next time she we see them the together, the next time we see them together, they're on Pride Rock lifting a new baby. Listeners of this podcast, I'm sorry Kyle is obsessed with animal romance. <laughs> animal lovemaking, to be more specific. <laughs> I did not think we would have to talk about this, but here we are. We're, we're breaking it down for you. He just you. keeps bringing it up. He just keeps bringing it up. It's part of love. I don't know what to tell you guys. But yes, yes, yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Roast me to agree. I appreciate it. What I think this song is saying about love is that love gives the feeling of the world being in harmony and everything that's happening around it kind of like... It, feels like it's standing still in those those intimate perfect intimate moments uh you forget about everything that's happening outside in the natural world uh and it's just two beings two living creatures apparently not not humans just living creatures two legs four legs whatever you know mm-hmm. <laughs> the world's in perfect harmony when when you're doing whatever you're doing you know um this is a family show. Sorry. Uh, At the end of the day, I said it last week. I'll say it again. I see the lights of my favorite Disney song, and I have to advance it. I would be absolutely remiss if I advanced The Lion King. Of anything to advance over my favorite, I uh, can't advance The Lion King. I think whatever. this is a finals matchup. This is a finals matchup. Can You Feel the Love versus I See the Light is I agree. a top two. I agree. But uh, brutal, brutal matchup here in the Elite Eight, and I See the Lights coming out on top. So, Elizabeth, you, you're not in your head. Uh, do you agree with this? I, I do, and I remember when Tangled came out and I downloaded uh, the soundtrack, and I remember being in the car, my mom or dad was driving, I had my earphones in, and I was looking out the window listening to I See the Light, and it was just like at night. I think we're, actually, I think we might have been 
uh, maybe it's that one just came out, but we're driving back from Kyle and Maddie's wedding. Oh. To that song. Yeah. And I remember this, like, like, vividly, very, very vividly, just, like, a single tear, like, rolling down my face, <laughs> listening to this gorgeous <laughs> freaking song. Um, so that, so Icy Light definitely holds, uh, holds some value in my own heart. Can you feel the love tonight? I, I really, really, again, like the point that Kyle made about, like, d- the difference between meant to be or made to be, uh, and I feel like Flynn and Rapunzel is a lot more truer in that sense, like, to, again, kind of like star-crossed lovers, like, um, that were ultimately meant to be, and this gorgeous, like, um lantern scene in the movie is just oh my god like ingrained in my memory i actually have a tapestry from it's from like this scene of just like all the the lanterns in the sky and it's just it's it's the epitome of romance and Mm -hmm. being on a boat come on you're on a boat (laughs) you know he's doing the gondola thing and it's just it's fantastic so i'm really proud of this decision all right, well, let's go ahead and hop over to the other side of the bracket and start off our final four. We've got the number eight seed, I won't say I'm in love from Hercules, versus the number 13 seed, Lost in the Woods, from Frozen 2. These are two songs that are very character-driven, uh, and and... That I think is the modern musical influence. Uh, we're we're down to only one classical kind of fantasy sounding song in this bracket, and uh, you know I think I think hearing a love song from a character's point of view is really effective. It gives it gives the song a really personal feeling, and you know if you're singing along to either one of these songs, like you are feeling what the character is feeling. Yeah. Uh, you're going through all those emotions and the thing that is interesting about both of these songs is that they're kind of coming from a a place of hurting. Meg has a past that's not great. She was in love before and she is trying to avoid a similar situation from happening with Herc and Kristoff used to be so closed off and now his heart has been broken or he's had a setback and he's kind of having to deal with this. This is why I was always so closed off. So these are two just really heartfelt songs. I guess if I was going to look for a difference between these two, I think what you ultimately has to have to do is just pick your poison, right? If you're looking for something to relate to, I mean, here are your character choices. It's, it's the person who is bitter who is really resistant to love, who who doesn't want to dive in, or the person who maybe got in over their head a little bit too quickly, someone who is kind of having a little bit of a relationship heat check, who maybe is experiencing some relationship anxiety. Um, and it's, it, it's what resonates with you. So yep. I'm bringing my own personal experiences to this conversation you have to. And I have never really been someone who relates to like the bitter lover, the the cynic or the skeptic when it comes to relationships, uh, wanting to keep people out, or, uh, not wanting to believe in love, uh, thinking that you can do everything yourself. I personally do not relate to that character. So 
while I won't say them in love is a really fun song to get into and a song with incredible immense repeatability value. Yeah. Lost in the Woods says something that deeply affects me, resonates with me, something that I know I have felt in my own life before. So I I really can't advance I Won't Say I'm in Love if we're talking about songs that I have found are more effective as love songs, songs that comment on the love experience. So I have to go with Lost in the Woods. I think you said it best with the idea of like a heat check, you know, like really reflecting as to like who not only you are, but who you are in a relationship and how you make your partner better. And Christoph has to realize that in the song and realize that Anna's not just like, you know, blowing him off to blow him off. She has other things she needs to do. So like just you got to just be there to support her. So I, I really like that. And I'm with you. I don't quite relate as much to Meg's song being like the love cynic. Um, and I think when you're matching these two up, that's that's more of a song of trying to fight love. This one is trying to, you know, dissect what love is. And and Kristoff is really self-reflecting like, about who he is in this relationship of love. And I really appreciate that. So I'm with you, Chris. We're moving Lost in the Woods on. Elizabeth, heartache for Meg? Ah, well, I, these are two very, very good songs. Mm-hmm. And we can all agree on that. Yep. But for this topic, it's got to be Lost in the Woods. And yep. it's got to be Jonathan Groff. <laughs> Christoph advances to the finals. At wow. the end of the day, it has to be Jonathan Groff. <laughs> All right, let's talk about our final, final four matchup. It is number 15, Lavender Blue, versus number six, I See the Light. Chris, it's I See the Light. There's no way that Lavender Blue is moving on here. Here's the thing that just is kind of the ultimate downfall of Lavender Blue is that there is no character in there. No. There's no voice. I love the idea of like a fantastic, enchanted, magical song like this, but it it's hard to get into. You know, it's hard yeah. to dig dig a little deeper, as Mama Odie says, when you're listening to, uh, to Lavender Blue. So I'm happy it made it to the final four. I'm happy I got a bunch of listens out of this song. But mm-hmm. yeah, I see the light just has so much more going on. So I think I think we're going to have a good finals discussion here. Elizabeth, parting words for Lavender's Blue. Did I did it! <laughs> All right, that's appropriate. End scene. The end scene, that's appropriate. All right, Chris, we've made it. We have our finals of the best Disney love song, and it's a crazy one. We have number 13, Lost in the Woods, the 80s power ballad from Frozen 2. First, the very romantic, very much a realization moment. Number six, I see the light from Tangled. These are two songs that both look back inward to see how they affect the greater relationship. These are both songs that realize that the relationship not only is bigger than themselves, but makes them better and of and that they are appreciative of being a part of. You have Kristoff who thinks that Anna has been ignoring, blowing him off, 
not focused, all because he's been trying to propose, which he's awful at, by the way. And he's taking it to heart. And he's trying to think about what what's wrong with me. And I think that anyone ever has been in that situation. We've definitely haven't been dramatic enough to like run into the woods and like sing against a tree about it. But we've definitely had our moments of, you know, thinking about why, why me, you know, why, what did I do wrong? And instead of playing the victim, Kristoff really works through it. And he figures out that like, no, actually, maybe it's not that it's me. It's that I need to just be more supportive of her. And that's great. It's, it's a part of love that people should realize. It's not a, a one-person show. This is a, a two-way street. And he finally realized that. And I think that's very important. Not only does Jonathan Groff finally get a song, as I brought up last episode, but he does it very well. And he plays the part very well. And it's also that new wave of Disney that I brought up where now we're kind of leaving the traditional love song sense. We do definitely have some traditional ones, but we're kind of leaving that realm and being more real about love, I think. And they do it well here in Frozen. I see the light as I keep bringing up, like, is this relationship meant to be or am I made for it? And not only did they not just dive in, I mean, if you think about like Flynn thought Rapunzel was attractive, right? Like we knew that from the very beginning, but that what it wasn't Rapunzel just falling for Flynn. We finally have a princess trope that's broken, right? And I mean, we had that broken with Princess and the Frog. Like Tiana didn't want anything to do with Naveen. She fell in love with Frog Naveen. So throw the entire movie into a trash can, to be honest. But here we have like the traditional princess movie. And instead of someday my prince will come, Rapunzel falls in love with life with Flynn and not with Flynn himself. I think that's awesome. And I think that having a sense of independence in a relationship and, and you know, wanting more out of it than just like falling in love with this human, but wanting to love to do things with this human and explore and slow down with and, you know, escape uh, drunks at a bar with, you know, it, it's just, it's just so much more real and it's so much more rewarding for us as the viewer, especially now in today's day and age to watch and see a sense of agency as opposed to this is just what has to happen. So this is a tough matchup for me, Chris, because I think these songs both do love justice. They both explain love and from the different points of view, they both bring up very important parts of love, very important parts of relationships in my eyes. But here, if we're, if we're talking best Disney love song, the best Disney love song is the one that really invokes a feeling of warmth, a feeling of fulfillment, a feeling of enchantment. And that for me is I See the Light from Tangled. I'm trying to find a way where I can defend Lost in the Woods here, but I just can't find any way that it does anything better than what I See the Light already does. One thing that I don't love about Lost in the Woods is 
yes, it's very heartfelt, but it's presented in this comedic way that almost like upstages the really serious message that's trying to come across in mm-hmm. the song. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you could make the same argument that during I See the Light, they cut to Pascal a couple times. And yeah. uh, that kind of takes you out of the moment for a second. But like, we love Pascal. And oh, big Pascal. You know, fans. if we could slip in a little Pascal moment, that's okay. <laughs> that's, that's definitely okay. <laughs> I mean, he's part of this relationship too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I imagine there's like a lost Pascal verse of. I see the light somewhere. <laughs> this is where he finally starts speaking and it's during this song. Well, I think, I think we can talk about what Pascal means to this movie and what this song means to this movie. And I think I brought it up in, in best song, but Tangled is very much about sight. Uh, it has this yeah. theme of sight and that what you see isn't always what you get or things aren't always as they appear. Mm-hmm. So the sidekick's a chameleon who is, you know, blends into the background and can change their appearance. And, you know, you could look at something and next thing you know, there's something different or you think that there's nothing there, but it's actually a chameleon or whatever. You know, right. the, the the primary villain's mother Gothel, who is this beautiful woman, but actually she's an old hag deep down. Um, you've got the guys in the snuggly duckling, the drunk guys who are these big, bad toughies that really yeah. just love uni- glass unicorns and playing concert Pino. Um, so I see the light really just like brings that whole theme home uh, with the lanterns. I mean, the lanterns are significant. The song starts out, they're in the dark on the water, which is like the darkest place you can possibly be uh, at sea. And uh, slowly as they start singing and opening up, like the, the lights get brighter and brighter, more and more lanterns. They're realizing more and more things about themselves. And it's just incredible. And, and it ends with the, the now that I see you. And, and by the end of the song, the three words, I see you, take on a completely different meaning. I mean, when you say I see you, it's like, oh, like there you are over there. <laughs> Visually, I mm-hmm. see you. But in this song, you know, once they're singing about the feelings that I see you, it's it's completely different. It's It's I understand you, I feel you, and I think you feel me too. So uh, it just, I get chills by the end of that song every single time because it's just it's it's revealing something really incredible about the experience of being in love and also about these characters individually. I mean, they nail the duet, the duet so hard, uh, and yeah. they do it here. Yep. You know, I love the drama on this show. I love throwing it to the guest host for the tiebreak in the finals, but there's no way, there's no way I can I can in good faith choose Lost in the Woods here. Uh, I see the light is my choice. So, uh, Elizabeth, what would you have gone with here? Although I have been standing Jonathan Groff for the last week, going to have to put Christoph to rest here because <laughs> actually, Zach, Zachary Levi, right? Yep. Zachary Levi's voice is also extremely heavenly mm-hmm. this is part where he goes very true i'm where i'm meant to be and it's so gorgeous like it's it's amazing he very much like he portrays it very well like the feel all the feelings that flynn is having because like flynn has been this like 
kind of punk guy for his whole life, and then he meets this girl who, like, totally changes his perspective, so when he's singing it, like, he's, like, spewing just, like, all this pent-up, like, stuff, um, and I think that's really beautiful, and also, like, Rapunzel has this moment of, like, how can I, like, love this guy that he, she was smacked in the head with a frying pan, you know, <laughs> at the beginning, like, I'm sure she's having that realization, too, it's, it's just, like, t- 2020 is just, like, the year of realizing things. For all my Kylie Jenner people out there that know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> Chris was saying that earlier, and I was thinking that the whole time. <laughs> but, um, but no, I think it's I think it's really good, and it's really fresh. It's a fresh uh, look on the whole, I'm seeing you in this darkness, but I, you're bringing me to the light. Like, looking at you, having this connection is warm and real and bright. Chris, we have the winner of our best Disney love song bracket. It is the number six, I See the Light from Tangled. And as we do at the end of every episode, we're going to clap it out. Chris, I'm happy where we ended up because I think that this is the true winner. I think sure that is. It, it, no doubt. I think that it could have gone up against, you know, can you feel the love tonight? And it would have been just as difficult of a battle because I think that's also a very beautiful love song. But I think... The themes that it dives in here are just that much more important. Yeah, I, I'm extremely satisfied. Like I said, this is my favorite Disney song, so like I'm just, I'm just feeling great right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, we just want to say one last thank you to Elizabeth B for joining us. Thank you so much for offering your insights. Great to have you back on the podcast. You're welcome, guys. Thanks for having me. Listeners, you know how to get a hold of us. If you are angry about this, I'm sure you are. You can reach us on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod. Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. You can join our Discord server as well as our Facebook group, which are both linked in the description of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on this labor of love. Until next time, I'll wait for a sign. For a sign.